Today is Monday, October 30th. The title for our devotional is Christian Hope. In this campaign, you'll remember we're talking about the truly irresistible gospel. This news is so good that whether you're a Christian or not, you should want it to be true. We've been exploring what makes this news so good through a more philosophical lens, seeing that the gospel satisfies our biggest questions and our deepest desires. This week, we turn our attention to destiny. Where is it all headed? My aim throughout this campaign has been to reveal how the gospel is superior to any and every other idea out there. It's not enough for us to walk away from the gospel, as our culture seems to be doing in large portions. We must walk into something else. We cannot live a satisfied life without answers to the question of origin, meaning, morality, and destiny. The gospel reigns supreme in its answers to all of these questions. But perhaps no more compelling is the answer to this question of destiny. The virtue associated with our destiny in the Christian life is hope. I once heard Curtis Chang say, Hope is seeing yourself in a story, a past that gives you longing, a future that promises to fulfill that longing, and a present that energizes you to work towards that future fulfillment. As we will see this week, genuine hope is found in the Christian story. Our past of Eden, the tabernacle, the temple, even the failure of the law and the people of Israel to uphold the law, the resurrection of Jesus, have all produced longing in us for what can be. Our present experience proves this past is possible. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit. We've experienced life transformation. We know God through Jesus and the gift of the Holy Spirit. We have faith. We have salvation. We know God. For this hope to be complete, then, we must have a picture of our destiny, and that is what we'll talk about this week. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13-5-11 says, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, in that You do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly, as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. Allow me to make a few brief points on this passage. I'm not going to exposit it fully. There's so much good here, but just a few brief points. First, uh, in verse 14, we see that Jesus' death and resurrection is the centerpiece of the Christian hope. Because we believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead, we also believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have died, that we identify with Christ as central to the Christian faith. Fallen asleep, as this translation says, is just another way of describing those who have died. This also reveals Paul's perspective on death. 
It's not final in the Christian life. It's merely like a night's sleep. Second, not only is the Christian hope predicated upon the death and resurrection of Jesus, but also on his promised second coming. According to the Lord's word, he says, is likely meaning that Paul is referencing something Jesus has said, perhaps even Matthew 24, 30 to 31. Thirdly, what gives hope for the Christian is terrifying to the non-Christian. For the children of light, Jesus' returns means the fulfillment of their salvation. For the children of the darkness, those not in Christ, this means destruction in verse 3. This is the inescapable conclusion from numerous texts discussing the Christian destiny, including Revelation 21.8, which we'll read later, Matthew 25, Just those are just off the top of my head. For many, uh, in their modern sensibilities, this truth makes the gospel utterly resistible. However, this sentiment conflicts with our modern notion of justice as well. We'll talk about this more next week. Next week, I'm planning on talking about justice. But for now, we must remember that uh, what we talked about in our second week of this campaign, quote, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23 says. Next, we were all by nature deserving of wrath, Ephesians 2.3 says. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Again, remember, we all deserve what we deserve, what we've earned, is eternal death and separation, destruction from God because of our sin. Only in God's mercy are we saved. This gift of salvation is a free gift that's accepted by faith. It's not that we have to work harder to achieve it or to earn it. No, it's a free gift given by the grace of God. So that's a pretty good deal, isn't it? Fourth, Christ's return is imminent. It's like a thief in the night, he says. So there will not be time to see it coming and to react accordingly. No, we must live in the light now because he could return at any moment. Fifth, the goal of our hope is being with God. We'll see this throughout the whole week. God will give his people an inheritance, which we will see later. But even in that inheritance, as great as it is, it pales in comparison to being fully in the presence of God, just being with him. This is the Christian hope, being with God in the fullness of his presence. Sixth, the application of this passage is that we are to be awake and sober. And by awake and sober, what he means is that we are free to clothe ourselves with love, faith, and the hope of salvation. Also, he tells his readers to encourage one another with these words. Church, this is so important, and we so desperately need this message today. When we are discouraged, when we're frightened by death, and world events, and destruction, and uncertainty, and chaos, and lack of control, we can encourage one another with the hope of salvation in the gospel, with faith. We can encourage one another to love. We can encourage one another of the love of God for us, that nothing will separate us from God's love. We are the children of the light when we are in Christ. Therefore, we can live with such hope in this destiny that Christ has promised us and that God is bringing to fruition. We can live with love and are free to give ourselves in love and service to others. And we can live as people who have faith, this deep-seated trust that what Jesus said he will do, he will do. I hope that you see that our destiny, destiny is the full realization of our purpose. We are created to know God, love God, live with God, and to glorify God forever. We can live in that purpose now, incompletely and imperfectly. The destiny for the people of God is to live in the fullness of that purpose for all eternity. And this is a beautiful picture and makes the gospel completely irresistible. <laughs>